0: We have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? You um, look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year we can pack it full of $25,000. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guys Day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers. Viper cast. Hello, I'm Matt Dolly. This is Major Caldwell joining me. So you do not have to listen to me talk to myself for an entire 40 minutes this week. You get Major Caldwell bringing the knowledge because we are here to win fantasy football championships here in week number 17 on the dynasty vipers Vipercast episode 161 presented by the fantasy points media group head over to fantasy points today get there before the super bowl because if you do so and you subscribe you can save yourself 30 percent off that subscription today get in get on it right now best bang for your buck website in the business today major knows because he's there every sunday doing this little thing on the fantasy points youtube channel There talking about things with nick script and of course the friday night hype show with me on the fantasy points channel you get a little bit of everything each and every week so you get more major you get more Donley, you get more of us and what's not to love about that as we head into the new year that being said Some things simply do not change, and it is time to talk about the injury report. I mean, we are in the championship week right now for fantasy football, and players are going down each and every day. We just heard that Derrick Henry is probably not going to be available on Thursday. He's doubtful. And then we look at the rest of the Tennessee Titans injury report, and basically their entire defense is on there probably because this is not a must-win game for them this week because their season columns down to week number 18 against the Jaguars, win-and-you're-in type scenario. So this week, it could be one of those kind of, let's hide some of these injuries a little bit. Let's make sure we get right for when the game really matters. Now, some of these other injuries that we know about, Jalen Hurts, doubtful with that shoulder sprain. I mean, we saw how the Eagles did against the Cowboys last week. Garner Minshew, he was okay. Even those two interceptions he threw, you know what, you they weren't really his fault as far as picks are concerned. Tyler Lockett, he was catching some balls here on the sidelines for the Seattle Seahawks with that uh, broken or dislocated finger. Expect him to be ready this week to go Lamar Jackson, questionable to Delphi with that PCL sprain. Look for Tyler Snoop Huntley to get the call again this week. That Ryan is. Tannehill, he is out for Thursday night football with that ankle injury. And that ankle injury is probably going to keep him out of week number 18. So expect to get more Malik Wills. Hey, you wanted to see the rookie get in there? The rookie's going to get out of here for the next couple of weeks. And it's not exactly a good thing because of quarterbacks who have started their career like first three career starts with less than 100 yards passing in each of those games it's malik willis it's nate peterman and some dude named dan mcguire the only quarterbacks to throw for less than 100 yards in each of their first career starts so not good company there malik willis hunter henry he's dealing with that knee injury christian watson this one hurts you major i know he's still dealing with that hip flexor we don't know what his status is going to be like on sunday here on January 1st, by the way, so hey, we get we get a little bit of the new year. First games of the new year, 14 games on the NFL slate. Mike White, Jets fans rejoice! It looks like he is coming back, which means Zach Wilson, he's back to being inactive. Joe Flacco will be the backup for the Jets. Colt McCoy, Arizona fans, you can rejoice too because Trace McSorley is not going to be under center this week. It's going to be Colt McCoy, Damian Harris. He's still dealing with that thigh injury. Chris Olave. He is questionable deal with that hamstring injury. If he works out of the slot this week, he could have a productive week. we got Nico Collins, doubtful with that foot injury. Trace Claypool, doubtful with not being very good. we got Debo Samuel still out with that ankle and that MCL sprain. Devontae Parker, he's in that concussion protocol. And then, of course, probably the biggest one when it comes to concussions, Tua Tagovailoa. He is out for Sunday. The Dolphins and Mike McDaniel have already named him out. I mean, the dude was on fire in that first half, but you can basically see when he got swung around and smacked his head there and then throwing three picks on three consecutive drives in the second half. You had to know something was up. It's going to be Teddy Bridgewater under center. Now, Major, I, you, right away, as soon as I said that that concussion, that's his third concussion in, like, what, three months? Right. What do you do here if you're Miami? What do you do here if you're tug of a low here? What do you do?
1: So Miami, you know, they're going to go team first, organization first, they're going to play him if he passes the test where you follow my finger and, uh you know, what day of the week it is, like the concussion protocol is still kind of a joke. I mean, you do the head scans and all that, but they can't tell what's going on in your head unless you're dead, and that's, like, the problem with this whole thing. But if I'm Tua, I am calling it quits for this season, possibly for my career. Too many of these head injuries, especially in – in such a short span is dangerous. I have Tua in a lot of my. I actually traded away, like I traded the house to get Tua because I I wanted to team him up with uh with Waddle on my team, and it worked out. It got me. I was like one of the better teams in the league. I think I finished third, lost in that first round because of some other situations. Thanks Watson, but. Man, that's that's scary, dude. Like, I'm more. I'm thinking about his health. I'm thinking about his future. I'm thinking about his kids, wife, if he have it. It's just, it's not a good look, man. Like, you gotta protect yourself. Be, you gotta protect yourself.
0: Well, the thing is, here I'm looking at this right now. I think what I think is going to happen. Miami sits him obviously this week for Teddy Bridgewater. They don't necessarily have to win this game this week. I mean, they're at eight and six. They're kind of in that last playoff spot. The other teams at seven and eight type thing. So even if they lose this week, and by the way, I think it's a good matchup for Miami to win, even with Teddy Bridgewater under center, then they get the New York Jets next week. That becomes more of a must-win game if they lose this week. But if they lose this week, they can still get in with a win over the Jets next week. So there's still an ample opportunity. If I'm Miami, I am strongly considering Tua being out this week and next, week, next week, and giving yeah. him a go for the playoffs. If both the team, the doctors, and the player, and you know the player is going to feel right, because, I mean, Tua is going to want to get back in there as soon as he possibly can. This is a – you're talking about a man's livelihood. He's trying to earn that second contract, but you also want him to be right when it's all said and done too. So exactly. it's really tough for me to say how a guy should be making his money one one way or the other. But if things don't work out for Tua there in Miami, and say he does call it quits early – There's another quarterback that just is more than likely going to be on the market this year. How about Derek Carr packing up for a little vacation from Vegas to Miami? Because Mark Davis, who hasn't had a proper haircut in 30-plus years because he's still using the spaghetti strainer on his head to cut around, driving his old minivan, to the building each and every day, is looking to save a few dollars. I know why this move was made. So if you haven't heard yet, Derek Carr has been benched in favor of Jared Steed on there, who's horrible, and Chase Gerbers, who's basically maybe a deep relative of the baby food chain. I don't know, but he's somewhere out of California. He's made his way to Vegas. This is not a good situation. This is not a good situation. I have, I am a Derek Carr stan. I'm going to battle for him each and every week. I've been with him through thick and thin. And yes, 14 interceptions is not good. Then you look at his touchdown passes. I think he's got 24 touchdown passes He's in the top 10 when it comes to passing yards. He's in the top 10 when it comes to touchdown passes. Be careful what you're asking out there. Be careful what you're looking for because there's literally eight quarterbacks in the league that I may take a chance over Derek Carr. I mean, that, that's the truth of it. There's only eight good quarterbacks in the NFL, and then there's a bunch of other guys, guys that can get the job done, guys like Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel Jones is not a bad guy. He can get the job done when asked to get good the guy. job done. Derek Carr is in that same tier. He's a top 10 to 12 quarterback, in my opinion, and I think its he did bring a little bit of this on himself. This is a prove-it type year for Derek Carr in that last year because all the finances – are on to next season and the season after. So the Raiders go, hey, we got two games this rest of the year. We're still technically in the playoff hunt, but really it's really tough to make it there. So Mark Davis, the businessman, you know Mark Davis wasn't smart enough to make this call himself. You you really know. He's an idiot. I mean, he doesn't know anything about football. His daddy there, Al Davis, was the guy who knew everything about anything about football. Basically, if Derek Carr would have got injured in one of these last two games, that contract would have been fully guaranteed for 2023-2024. By benching him and Derek Carr deciding, hey, I don't want to be distraction to this team. I'm going to leave the team for the next two weeks. It gives the Raiders the ability to cut him for nothing five days after the season ends. That's it. No cost associated with the Raiders. They can cut him off clean from Derek Carr. Derek Carr can either be traded and some other team that could pick up that contract. Maybe a Washington Commanders type team there. Maybe they move on from Carson Wentz. Maybe Mm -hmm. Tua retires in the offseason. There's all kinds of potential outcomes that could involve Derek Carr. Or they cut him and he goes off and he signs a big contract and gets all that money right back anyway because there's only eight good quarterbacks in the NFL. And if you don't have a quarterback, you're screwed. So then the Raiders are stuck with maybe going out there and getting a Gardner Minshew and then drafting a Will Levis or someone like that as a bridge quarterback with the rookie quarterback and hoping and hoping they have something that's going to hit here.
1: Oh, man. That being said, you I broke don't see it happening. He broke it down.
0: All I got to say is be careful what you ask for. Raiders fans have been asking for this for a while. They've been calling for Derek Carr. I mean, you're in the Bay Area. You've got friends that are Raiders fans. I mean, you know everyone's been calling for Derek Carr for some time now. Now's yeah. the time yeah. you're going to watch Jared Steedham sling yeah. the ball around the field against yeah. Nick Bosa coming up. Like, seriously. And then if that doesn't work, you get the Gerbers baby throwing the ball around. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any better. There is no good answer here for Vegas. No. And then how do you deal with Devontae Adams? I get it. Devontae Adams was a Raiders fan from way back when. I mean, he, he also went was there for a one huge, reason. He went there for Derek Carr. Let's right. call it the way it is. He exactly. went there for Derek. Well, two reasons. Because the money was pretty good too. Let's not kid ourselves. There was a lot of money and a lot of financial incentives for Devontae Adams to sign with the Raiders. But the only reason he was attracted there was because of Derek Carr. So now you're going to alienate your top wide receiver. You've already pissed off your running back there in Josh Jacobs. We're pretty much almost guaranteed that Josh Jacobs will not be back there. They already decided not to pick up his fifth year option. And he basically said, I am sick of this crap using some other terms of endearment in an interview just a couple weeks ago because of how the season and stuff has been going. So there's my little Raiders rant there. But at least I'm not Nathaniel Hackett. I've still got a job here to do on the show, (laughs) unlike Nathaniel Hackett, who was fired. This is what the Raiders should have done. They should have clanned Josh McDaniels. I mean, now, I don't believe that Josh McDaniels wanted to bench Derek Carr. Because he did legitimately seem like he was broken up about this, and it did seem like a Mark Davis decision when it was all said and done. Josh McDaniels has not done him any favors. This offense has looked horrible all season long. Yes, Carr threw three interceptions last week against the Steelers, basically cost the Raiders a game against the Steelers. He had Hunter Redford wide open late in the game, missed him. I get it. I, I get it. I'm not protecting Carr here, but I'm saying careful what you ask for. Again, I'm going to keep reiterating that all the time here. Lisa Broncos said, you know what, Nathaniel Hackett, thanks, but no thanks. We think that Russell Wilson is fixable. I hope he's fixable for how much money you invested in him.
1: He better be. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's not really – I mean, when when the CEO says, we believe that Russell Wilson's fixable, it's not exactly a, a term of endearment for your franchise quarterback, but it's not exactly the wrong terminology to use either because Russell Wilson was horrible. He's been horrible all season long, and they've got a great defense there. They've got good offensive pieces. Russell Wilson just hasn't been able to find the right ingredients to cook with since coming to Denver.
1: That is true. Like, who, who do you grab as a coach, though? Who's out there that you think could turn that around?
0: Well, now, I don't know if he's interested in coming to Denver, but there's a guy named Peyton that's slowly been putting together a coaching staff this offseason. I don't know if Sean Peyton's coming back or if he wants to go to Denver but by any stretch of anyone's imagination. But, hey, he's a guy that – may have an interest in coming back to the NFL. Who knows, Coach Prime, he might want to come coach both the Colorado Buffaloes and the Denver Broncos because, <laughs> hey, he can do two things at once. It's prime time, baby. Prime time. Now, one That's guy cool. that will not be doing anything after this season ends is J.J. Watt, the three-time mm-hmm. defensive player of the year, one of only three defensive players to win the defensive player of the year three times. Maybe not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's certainly getting in no later than the second ballot. I'll tell you that right now. He should
1: be a first. If you win three MVP, that's a guarantee. That's that's walk you right up to the to the podium.
0: I would say that too, because but the NFL man, they've done some guys dirty in the past. I mean, he's the superhero.
1: Little... He was like the face of the league. Like he's like the great white hype. I don't know. He's the guy. They you guys love him. You know what I mean? Like, that's your guy. You know what I mean? Like, he hey, anytime
0: the... I watch a dude bleed from like the brow of his nose, there I'm like, dude, that's him, right? my kind of guy. That's exactly. old school football.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: I'm just ashamed that we didn't get to see the Steelers offer him a boatload of money to join Derek and TJ in the offseason. I mean, can you imagine three Watts in Pittsburgh? I mean, I think that would be kind of fun to watch. I think TJ on I one side, JJ he, on the other.
1: I'm not sure if he's done, dude. This to me seems like he might get that itch later on in the uh, next year, like later on in the season. We might, we might see that, man. I, I don't think he's done, man. He got a little more game left.
0: Well, speaking of that itch, apparently the Washington Commanders and Ron Rivera had that itch to get Carson Wentz back under center this way. Tyler Heineke, he got he could not get the job done, so they're turning back to Carson Wentz. I mean, this is just all kinds of ugly right now. I mean, basically he got hurt, lost his job, came back, didn't get his job back. They look I mean, it is bad all the way around. Luckily, I'm going to talk about this on my Friday Night Hype show a little bit about the whole Washington Commanders' Carson Wentz and what it means right. for Brian Robinson and Jahan Dotson, who, by the way, I love both those players this week for Washington for fantasy because of the matchup. But Carson Wentz back under center this week. It is what it is. Technically, right. it's new, so I had to bring it up.
1: I mean, it's the same player. There, One is as old and one is young. But whatever they switch to, I'm sorry, Commanders, you're just going to have the same situation at quarterback. It doesn't matter what you do. Hopefully, you could grab somebody in the offseason or in a draft.
0: Well, at least it ain't Jared Steedham starting the last couple of games of the season. I'll put it that way. Now, because Jared, that would make him a real loser. No, I don't care. Jared Steedum is a loser. <laughs> I'm going to let you have it. He, he was not good when he was in New England. He was not good at Auburn. I watched it. He's not good. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's I mean, going to be a great Cohen coach Kaepernick one day. Over Bring back Colin Kaepernick. Give him a start over Jared Steedham, okay? That's where we're at. I don't even care what – I don't even know what Colin Kaepernick's doing right now, but I'm sure he would be an upgrade on Steedem. That, that's where I'm right. at. Right, Now, that being said, we have to talk about winners and losers going back to week number 16, and there's a couple guys there this week that absolutely paid off for fantasy managers and helped get them to those fantasy championships that we are going to talk about here just in a momentarily. But there's also those guys – that kind of cost some championship opportunities. We'll talk about them too. So major, give me a winner and give me a loser from week number 16.
1: So my winner, I have to go with a tight end. Cause you know, all year I've been huffing and puffing and crying every time we got to talk about tight ends at the end of the show. But TJ Hawkinson came through for me. Um, when it mattered most in the playoffs, he came through, man, cousins hooked up with him. Uh, For 13 receptions, 109 yards, and two TDs? Or was it three? He had two, right? I feel like it was three for some reason, even though I wrote two. I don't know. I think it was two. Yeah, okay. So let's stick with the two. Um, And this is the first time Hawkson has scored a touchdown in the last four games. So I played him. I was kind of like iffy about it, but he actually paid off, man. Hitting that 100 yards and those two TDs really helped your boy out and this one hurts man you know it hurts me because my guy is hurt i'm kind of picking on him when he's down but you know i gotta keep it 100 with you guys every week um i'm gonna go on my man Ramondre stevenson um only rushing for 30 yards and the worst part giving up those two fumbles that i can live with 30 yards i can you know whatever he did in the receiving game i can live with but those fumbles hurt man like in leagues i'm in we tack off a lot of points for those fumbles so i'm gonna give an honorable mention too man deontay uh foreman the week that i missed last week i gotta still show him some love i mean show him some hate because he cost me a playoff run with negative points last you know was it the week before last so uh yeah both of those guys are killing me right now you know i love the running backs but Help me out, man. Cheer me up a little bit, man. Come on, man. Who who you got?
0: I I love that you mentioned Dante Foreman there because him and Chuba Hubbard actually did something that hadn't been done in a long, long time, and that's have two 100-yard rushers in the first half of a game. I mean, that's insane. The last time a team did that was Maurice jones drew and Fred Taylor against the Indianapolis Colts. That's how far back you have to go to see what Devontae Daunte Foreman there and Chuba Hubbard accomplished for the Panthers there last week against the Lions. Now, I am going to cheer you up here because this is a guy that I like to kick all season long just because I know that you like him. And it's not Ramondra Stevenson. It's Cam <laughs> Akers here. That's right, Major, he got himself a nice Christmas gift this holiday season. A Christmas miracle, if I may. Cam Akers, three touchdown performance against the Denver Broncos, who are supposed to be a fairly decent defense. 34.7 fantasy points, 118 yards rushing. His previous season high was back in week number 15 so just one week prior 65 yards he also caught two passes for 29 yards I mean what can you say you got to give Cam Akers a little bit of love after a performance like that but you know what I I will kick guys down because Zenova Knight remember when everyone remember him everyone was high on him Zenova Knight Zenova Knight Zenova Knight no stop it weren't you one of them No, hold on no, 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 no! I'm a Michael Carter truther, man. I, I've been a okay. Michael Carter guy since the beginning. So you don't, you can't put this night one on me. I am definitely not a night rider, so to speak. So don't call me kid <laughs> here because I ain't about that life. Okay. Now Thursday, Thursday night football. Dude, you, yeah, that's right. Got a night rider, David Hasselhoff type reference in the same show. You cannot get negative two points on Thursday night football on your semifinal week. There's nothing worse than, especially this week, because we had football Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and you're looking at negative two yards rushing for each and every one of those days. Not only are you questioning your fantasy football life here, you are literally questioning every choice that you've made in your life prior (laughs) to starting Zenova Knight. That's where (laughs) he was at. So, hey, you know what? If you had Zenova Knight in your lineup there, Bam, bam, whatever you want to call him. He gave you a damn, damn when it came to fantasy production last week. You're doing so well, dude. You know what? I'm all about that. But he's a guy. No, now I got trust issues. Now after last week's negative two, I don't care if he's playing the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cleveland Browns, or the Houston Texans. Knight will never make it back into my lineup. That's where he's at. Luckily, I didn't start him because, like I said, Michael Carter's my guy. Now, we do have to talk about Thursday night football because I just talked about this. There's nothing worse than getting a horrible score on Thursday night football in your semifinals, except maybe getting a goose egg on Thursday night football for those fantasy football championship contests. And there are some players that could hurt you this week here, including Robert Woods, including Traylon Burks. Guess what? You're not starting either one of those guys. You can't. You cannot trust any Tennessee Titans receiver, pass catcher, even Chigakonkwo. I'm not going there in this tight end market right now. With Malik Willis under center, I just told you he has not thrown for more than one hundred yards in any of his three career starts. Only two other quarterbacks have been as bad as he has, as far as throwing the ball is concerned. That's Nate Peterman, there, longtime Raider, and of course Dan McGuire. So for me, I can't get in on either one of those guys. And by the way, if you want to get my whole thoughts on this, go to the Vipers Network here right now on YouTube. It's right here, right before video, right before this video is my Thursday night primetime preview there in which I talk about this contest in depth. And now we're hearing that not only are the Titans resting all their starters, Derrick Henry's probably not going to play, so Hassan Haskins gets in there. Who can you trust as far as running the ball is concerned? Can you trust Hassan Haskins this way if no one else on this defense or on this offense is a threat? I mean, if there's no passing, if there's no threat of a pass, I'm going to stick eight, nine guys in the box, play single-man coverage on the outside, and see if Malik Willis can get the ball out of his hands in time, which I don't think he can do when you've got this Dallas Cowboys pass rush, which has the third most sacks in the NFL with 49. Malik Willis, he's a great runner. He's going to have to run a lot this week to avoid Micah Parsons, Doris Armstrong. I mean, Dante Fowler Jr. These guys are going to be coming at him. Every single play, I don't like this game for the Tennessee Titans. If you're into that whole betting stuff, whatever the Dallas Cowboys are, you bet the over on it. Whatever the Tennessee Titans have, you take the under on it. It's really simple. It's This is betting made easy. The problem with that is I think Dallas could get out to a big lead early in this contest and then just kind of coast from there. We might even get a Malik Davis-type game here where he could outproduce a guy like Ezekiel Elliott because this game is over by halftime. Major, when you look at these products, when you look at this from a DFS uh viewpoint here, what are some of the things that you're kind of catching your eyes or that you're watching in this contest?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at I mean, you paint a beautiful picture and you made me kind of change some of my thoughts with that last point you made with the blowout uh you're talking about. So I'm I'm gonna go with um, Dak Prescott. I'm gonna go with I'm not gonna go yardage because, like you said, I think he's gonna sit early. I'm gonna go with the 1.5 uh, passing TD. So let's go. He'll have two TDs at least passing. I'm gonna go higher on that one. And then I'm gonna try to pick somebody from the other team and try to figure that part out. Like you said, it is going to be hard to kind of bet the over on anything, but looking at all these, uh, numbers here, they're all extremely low. Um, but I'm gonna go with Malik Jones higher than 41 and a half rushing yards. Uh, So, yeah, Malik Willis, more than uh, 41 and a half rushing yards. The rest, the receivers, you just have to pick one. They're all, you know, I have Robert Woods here at 23 and a half. um, Burks at 21 and a half. Hooper, 21 and a half. So, you really just need two plays for one of these these guys, and I think you're good to go. But, again, I'm going to play it safe and – Like what Matt just broke down for you, you're going to have to run the ball because you I guess you can't rely on Willis to throw the ball right now, even though he looked pretty good to me in a preseason. But it is a preseason. But I think they need to trust him and just let it go. Like you're going to lose anyway. Why not let it fly? Right.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I, I really do like the touchdown property you mentioned there with Dak Prescott going against this Titan secondary that has been absolutely awful all season, especially when you got a guy like CeeDee Lamb who's turning into that alpha wide receiver. I don't care what right. you want to call it. I mean, we make fun of CD Lamb last couple seasons, but I think he's finally hitting that stride. He was, became the first Cowboys receiver to post 100 receiving yards in the first half of a game, along with eight receptions since 1993 when Michael Irvin got that job done. Take that a little bit further. Lamb, he would go on last week to his second career game in which he would record 10 receptions, two touchdowns, and 100 yards, tying Amari Cooper for the most such games in Cowboys history. That's more than the rest of the 88 club combined there. That's Pearson. That's Irvin. It's CeeDee Lamb, man. I mean, he's, he's really showing out what he can do. In fact, since Dak Prescott has taken back under center, returning from injury there, he's averaging 10.64 yards per target. That's how good CD Lamb has been. Not to mention, he's sitting there eighth in the NFL, 1,207 receiving yards. He's also got career bests in receptions with 91 that's seventh in the league and targets with 135 that's thirty-five—that's sixth. not to mention those eight touchdowns he's already got that's tied for the fifth most in the league so cd lamb has already got himself into that top 10 wide receiver status and yet we don't talk about him like a top 10 wide receiver do we his name doesn't really come up in that top 10 talk and i think it needs to a little bit more and i think this is one of the narratives that we need to really push in the offseason but he's going to need some help Michael Gallup has not been the explosive Michael Gallup that we had seen prior to that ACL injury. If Gallup can get going, I think we're going to see things open up a little bit more for CD Lamb, who's been working on the slot a lot more, which is just not fair when you have a guy as big and strong and as quick as CD Lamb working out of the slot each and every week now what else is fair is how we're going to come at you with our starts and sits for week number 17 major he's going to kick us off here at the quarterback position eventually we're going to work on our way to the tight end wasteland there so don't worry we got you covered for the tight ends but we're going to start with quarterbacks here major who are you starting who are you sitting at quarterback
1: for my start i'm gonna go with my man t law i'm going trevor lawrence um at Houston, um, Trevor is finally looking like that number one quarterback taken. Like, he's he's starting to kind of fill into that role a little bit. What a difference a, a, a coach make, you know? Like, I thought it was going to take a little bit longer. But the last five weeks, Trev's been, uh, been on a tear. He's totaled uh, 1,415 passing yards, 11 TDs, and only one interception. That's the biggest. That's my favorite stat of his because last season it seemed like he was the one two or three interceptions per game. But it looks like they got that under control. Um, And he will be facing the Houston defense that's pretty much coming off a of bye week. You know, they faced uh, Malik Willis last week. So they might be sleeping a little bit. So if T-Law can catch them still sleeping, I think he could catch on, on, on another big game. So look for T-Law to take advantage of a, of a defense that's kind of like, eh. I'm trying to hang out because they were sleeping last week, and then for this one, I'm gonna go bowl, baby. Let's go. You know, this might be you know for the championship and everything. And I have them on my team that is in the championship, so I'm trying to do the reverse. Sub, I don't know what it is the reverse psychology or something, reverse but hey, jinx,
0: good old fashioned reverse, jinx. reverse to- jinx
1: created by Matt himself. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes versus Denver. It's going to be rough, but each and every year I've I've had Patrick Mahomes, uh, it's been bad. At the end of the year, he's always let me down because they always kind of like preparing to uh, go to the playoffs. So they kind of wind down a little bit at the end. I don't think he works as hard at the end of the year because, again, they're trying trying to get ready for the playoffs. And, you know, not to mention he's facing a top defense and in denver they have one of the top secondary so with all that added up i think they're going to maybe not sit him but there he's going to be on a pitch count so if they can you know get this game out of denver can't score the ball offense so i think kansas city is going to run up to score a little bit on them so hopefully you know he stays in the game and we all can win our championships and all that good stuff whoever has patrick mahomes but I don't know if that's gonna happen just because nothing to do with him being bad or anything. It's all about situation. And every year at the end of the season, he finds a way to let me down.
0: How good has Patrick Mahomes been, though? I mean, we're oh, talking about man.
1: he's been on fire. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. They share the record for uh most seasons of 35 touchdown passes with six. Patrick Mahomes has four such seasons, and he's only played five. Five seasons so far. That is how good that's 80% of the of of Mahomes' career. He's thrown for at least 35 touchdown passes. That is absolutely incredible. It's kind of mind blowing right now. I mean, the game's changed somewhat compared to when Rodgers and Brady yeah. first started. A lot of those seasons came a little bit later on in life, but hey, that's where we're at now. Oh, wait, me, one more one
1: more stat though. Last week he only had 16 completions, so keep that in mind.
0: And the one thing you need to keep in mind is Jared Goff. He's at home this week, and we know Jared Goff at home is a different cat altogether. There, see what I said, Lions cat. I gotta got working in here a little bit. Goff at home against the li- against the Bears with their playoff lives on the line. If you have learned anything this season, it is that you can trust Jared Goff at home, especially when you're facing a Bears team that is along 23.79 fantasy points, two quarterbacks over the last four weeks mind you four of the seven touchdowns the bears have surrendered to quarterbacks have come on the ground and golf he, he's probably not going to run any of those touchdowns in but either way you got guys like dj Chark, amon on or brown jamison williams guys that can really stretch out a bear secondary that really can't defend the long ball and we'll talk about that a little bit later with my wide receiver start it's so a little bit of a foreshadowing there for you but now here's my question If you had to start now, after I went on my rant page there about uh, Dak Prescott there and how this could turn into a blowout, who do you start this week? Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins?
1: Man, you really, I didn't even think about the blowout part. And I think that's what's going to happen with Dak. So he may be chilling, you know, by halftime and that's going to hurt a lot of numbers. Um, I think Jared Goff is playing for the starting job. Like I think, you know, they have a quarterback in mind for next season, and I don't know if he's that guy, so he may be auditioning for some new teams. So, I, I'm gonna go with golf, I think he's gonna give it his all.
0: I have a decision to make between Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, and I got Kirk Cousins on my sit list this week mm. because I want to believe in Cousins, I really do. I mean, he's been really good this season, I don't care what anyone has to say. He, the truth is, this Packers. They have made it difficult against opposing quarterbacks over the last four weeks, limiting them to 675 yards passing, just two touchdowns, picking them off on six occasions. Now right. to a tug of law, he had some success in that first half last week. He did throw for 310 yards and a touchdown, but he also threw those three picks on three consecutive drives. But Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, he's got a guy named Justin Jefferson to work with. He's got Delvin Cook. He's got Adam Thielen. He's got TJ Hawkinson. There's all right. weapons all over the place for Kirk Cousins. It's tough for me to sit him full out because I am starting him in some other leagues, but I think there's some better options out there. Jared Goff is one of those better options, in my opinion. I'm not going to say flat out don't start Kirk Cousins because really, it could be worse. You could be starting Jared Steedham. I'm just going to put that out there one more time. Now, <laughs> turning our attention to the running back position because, Major, you are our running back whisperer, the pride of the College of the Canyons. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Who cares about Marquise Hollywood Brown when you got the major himself, Major Caldwell? What are your running back starts and sits here for week number 17? Which running back is here to win a championship? I'm going
1: to go with the guy you already spoke of. I'm going Cam. Let's roll the dice. He's on a roll right now. Remember when he, before he got hurt, he kind of got on a roll like this uh, right before he got hurt a year ago or or a couple years ago. But, you know, he's going to be playing at home pretty much because he's playing against the Chargers. And that team looks like actually when I missed last week, I was actually at the uh, I was about to say the Staples Center. I was at the uh, SoFi Stadium and I went to the locker rooms and did all that. The Rams locker room looked awesome. Everything was all still up. It was beautiful. I went to the Chargers locker room nothing was up all the names are ripped down it was a weird situation going on out there so um yeah so back to to cam i think he's having a really good uh end of year posted six touchdowns in the last four games um this week he has the uh, oh yeah i already said learn the to reading
0: major come on you got you got the hey. words
1: right there but they're so small, and I can't see. Um, but, yeah, the Chargers are giving up 140 yards per game on the ground, and the Rams are looking to protect Baker Mayfield by running the ball, controlling the time possession, and the best way to do that is to run, Cam, run. And for my sit, I'm going to go with my guy. This is another one that hurts because this is my dude right here. But he's been – really killing me this year i mean the last few games i'm gonna go with joe mixon versus buffalo mixon's having a okay end of year uh like total yards wise but i don't know man it's it's not really working right now on the ground he's giving you like 30 yards third 40 yards the receptions is helping him out a little bit but miss mixon has not scored a touchdown since that fourth touchdown performance in week nine i'm saying it again he has not scored a touchdown since week nine and that's crazy from someone with his talent i don't know if it's a play calling but we need to figure that part out and i don't see it getting any easier versus uh the buffalo bills defense as ranked towards the top of the league only giving up 104 yards a game and they only give they only have given up 10 touchdowns all season so it's, it's going to be a hard game for mixing but you know uh my hopes is up for him. I hope he does his thing, but come on, man. He's been killing me throughout these uh playoffs.
0: If you think Joe Mixon has had it bad, they're not scoring a touchdown since week number nine how about Deontay Johnson for the Steelers has not scored a touchdown this season on Uh 82 receptions. The last time the record right now for the NFL for the longest, most receptions in a single season without a touchdown that belongs to Raymond Barry back in 1961, when he hauled in 75 passes, which without scoring. So right now Johnson's already got him beat for receptions without a scoring. If he can't get a touchdown here in the next two weeks, he is going to hold that record, and it's not even going to be close. We're talking about a potential 100-reception season here with no touchdowns. Now, for me, turning my attention to my running back starts and sits, because Deontay Johnson's not going to be my wide receiver here, but Tyler Algier there for the... Atlanta Falcons going against Arizona. I don't like getting cute during fantasy championship week, but Arizona is terrible. I mean, they really are. They have allowed four touchdowns on the ground, 385 yards rushing while also allowing another 167 yards and another touchdown In the passing game, two running backs over the last four weeks, which adds up to roughly 35.7 fantasy points per game to the running back position. I'm not worried about Cordell Stewart getting in there or Caleb Huntley or whoever else they may pull off to run the ball. This has been Algiers' backfield here the last couple weeks last week Algier set career highs in attempts with 18 receptions with four targets with five and currently sits at 817 rushing yards this season a solid performance this week puts him into a prime position to hit 1000 next week which is a big deal for these rookie running backs hitting a thousand yards especially a guy like Algier out of BYU that was not really given the opportunities earlier on in the season and now here he is at the cusp of that milestone. Now, my sits of the week at the running back position, it's Leonard Fournette and Rashad White against Carolina. Against the Panthers, it was Jared Goff who led the Lions in rushing with 15 yards last week. That's how good this Panthers defense has been. Now, I know the Lions, they found themselves down early, and Swift and Williams would combine for 23 yards on 11 carries while combining for another three receptions for 16 yards. Now, there's reason to why Carolina is allowing a league low, 13.4 fantasy points, two backs per game over the last four weeks, and it starts with the fact they've only allowed 176 yards on the ground, while the next closest team has allowed 232 yards. That's how good Carolina's defense has been. Now, if we take a deeper look as to, uh ended Leonard Fournette here and Rashad White, I know you can appreciate this here, so just let me kind of pull up some of these numbers and stats that I have kind of already saved here for my Friday night hype show, by the way, because I did some research on this stuff. Now, when you look at Leonard Fournette, when you look at Rashad White, you'd like to say, hey, you know what? Let's go with the hot hand here in the backfield. But the truth of the matter is Fournette ranks 39th and White ranks 40th in yards created after contact per carry this season. That's not going to get the job done when you're running the ball, especially when you're facing a team like Carolina, who has been getting penetration, who's been getting the job done. If you're not creating yards after contact, you're not going to pick up those additional yards, and it's going to be an uphill battle all week long. So for me, Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, as much as I'd like to believe in them, they're not getting the job done. And you've seen, okay, okay, what we're not, you know what? They're not going to run the ball. We get, we'll, we'll we'll dink and dunk, we'll pass it to them. No. Carolina's not giving up that either. They're not giving up the yards and the passing game to running backs either. So this is not a good matchup for Tampa Bay. Even though you have to think at some point a Tom Brady-led offense has to get going, right? They have to. Mm -hmm. But the problem is it's not Tom Brady. It's not Julio Jones. It's not Chris Godwin. It's not Mike Evans. Who is it? It's that offensive line. They wow. haven't had an offensive line all year. The good news is Ryan Jensen, the all-pro center there for Tampa Bay, his 21-day window has officially started, so they could have help on the way maybe this week, probably not. But if they can get through the Carolina Panthers, clinch that playoff spot, then we're talking about a different beast altogether if they can get this offensive line rectified ahead of their meeting with the Dallas Cowboys there in the first round of the NFC playoffs. That being said, it's time to look. I just talked about Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and some other wide receivers for Tampa Bay. Can you give me a start? Give me a tip for the wide receiver position this week.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Christian Watson. You know, the floor has already said that he is day-to-day, so that means he's going to play. He has a hip thing going on right now. But I think they're going to try to make up for him not scoring a touchdown since uh, in the last two weeks. Um, And the best cure for that? Is the Minnesota's defense? They cannot stop anything. They're giving up two hundred ninety-six yards per game, and I mean to to receiver squads. And they're giving up twenty-one TDs this year to receivers. So look to Christian to have a big game. And then for my sit, I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf versus the uh, New York Jets. I'm a believer in the Jets defense. Like I really like this team. Once they figure out that quarterback situation, I think you're gonna see a big jump from them like you like you seen with the uh Bengals a couple of years back. They're gonna do everything they can to stop DK.
0: <laughs> Man, you need like grammarly or something to get like your sentence structure here figured out. It's it's a simple hey, night. You know what? Going. What I did is funny because I tried to like
1: trick it and I just tried to like talk into the phone and just let it write all the stuff for me. That shit did not work. But uh I don't know what I'll try to say here, but you know, I think I'm saying they're fourth in a defense, a uh, fourth in defense only allowing uh 221 yards per game to receivers, and they've given up 13 TDs so far this season. So, look for a long day, uh, the DK versus a young Jets defense. So, I think they're going to focus on DK and take him out the
0: game. Well, let me try and make this a little bit easier for you, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Michael Carter. This is a good young secondary that the Jets have. In fact, if you look at the season total, they've only allowed 1,748 yards receiving two wide receivers. So it's going to be an uphill better. Let's, they've allowed the second fewest fantasy points on the season, 26.77 to the wide receiver position. If you look at the last four weeks when we talking about the Jets, they haven't been as good, but they've only allowed 422 yards and a touchdown to opposing wideouts. So it's going to be a good battle there. I mean, big, physical DK Metcalf, Sauce Gardner. If you're a young corner, this is a matchup that has you solvating right now. And DJ Reed, he's going to get some of DJ uh, TK Metcalf there too because Metcalf is going to move around in this formation. Now, for me, at the wide receiver position, Baby, Chark, do-do-do-do-do, baby, Chark, do-do-do-do-do. I am all in on DJ Chark versus Chicago this week. Let's get that stack going with the Lions. Jared Goff, DJ Chark, it's a cheaper stack there because you're not paying up for him on St. Brown. Chark has five or more targets and 90-plus yards in three of the last four games, including 108 yards against the Panthers there last week in that loss. And this week he faces a Bears secondary that is banged up on the back end that is going to be paying extra attention to Monroe St. Brown. So look for DJ Chark, who's been basically averaging 100 yards receiving in the last three weeks, to put up another 100 yards and a touchdown this week for your fantasy football championships. There, you have it. I talked about possibly – starting DJ Chark this week. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. DJ Chark is in my fantasy championship lineups this week, wherever I have him. Now a guy who's not going to be making my championship lineups, DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins this week Mm. versus Atlanta. Look, Matt, are you crazy? This is DeAndre Hopkins. This is Nuke. He is ready to blow up against the secondary here for the Falcons. But guess what? This feels like a James Conner game. James Conner is like, First amongst all running backs in red zone percentages, snap, share, everything that a running back could have. He's number one in right now as far as opportunities, targets, snaps, all that fun stuff. So I'm expecting plenty of James Conner here this week, even though that we can believe that Colt McCoy is going to be returning under center and that Trace McSorley experiment is over. Now, Trace McSorley, he targeted Hopkins 10 times. The problem is you can target a guy all you want, You still have to hit him. You can't, a target 20 feet over your head is not a target. I mean, they mark it down that way. So Hopkins had one catch on 10 targets for four yards last week with Trace McSorley under center. This week, he gets A.J. Terrell. And I mean, this guy has some dog in him. He's going to be shadowing Hopkins all over the field. I love Terrell. I mean, this guy, he knows how to get at it. He's going to be in some sort of shadow coverage type role. So you're going to see plenty of new Hopkins there against A.J. Terrell. And I don't think this is a a matchup that Colt McCoy is going to be looking to because he's going to have Marquise Brown on a weaker corner there against Atlanta. He's going to have his guy Greg Dortch there catching stuff underneath. So there's going to be better options that are going to be more open than what Hopkins is. Now, Hopkins, I get it. Technically, he's never really covered. I mean, if you didn't want to throw it into double coverage, you wouldn't have guys like Hopkins and Adams on your team. So your quarterback has to be willing to throw into double coverage when you have guys like that. I just think there's better options this week than DeAndre Hopkins. I can't trust him, especially after what he done last week. Now, you talked about DK Metcalf there as a sit. I'm going to talk about why I'm totally okay with that here in just a second when I get into my tight end starts and sits. But first, I'm going to turn the mic over to you so you can talk about the tight end position, who you're starting, and who you're sitting in week number 17.
1: Yeah, you already kind of talked about that Atlanta game a little bit with your last one, but I'm going to go with – I'm going to dig deep, guys. I'm going deep. This one's going to win you guys your championships, so listen up. Michael Pruitt from versus Arizona. He Week, 13, week 12 and 13, he had back-to-back touchdowns. Um, hasn't really scored anything since uh, the quarterback switch, but he's facing Arizona Cardinals. they given up 67 yards per game and a touchdown to, t- uh, to tight ends on the season. It looks like Atlanta may have found themselves a pretty good quarterback in Desmond Ritter. I kind of like what he's doing out there. He's thrown, He hasn't thrown a touchdown as of yet, but he has not thrown an interception as well. So that's a good thing to look at for rookie quarterbacks. And it seems like they're going to let him throw the ball a little bit more than he did the week before. Uh, Last week, he had 33 attempts. So it seems like that count is starting to go up. So look for, you know, any young quarterback, their best friend is going to be a tight end. So. Look for that to be the combination. Like I said, Pruitt, he's shown that he's a a good touchdown-dependent tight end, and we know how the season's been with the tight ends this year. It's been horrible. They've all been uh, TD-dependent, so uh, I'm going to go with Pruitt on this one. That might be the sneaky link for you guys to win your championship. And for my sit, I'm going to go with Hayden Hurst versus the Buffalo Bills. Harris is going to have a long day just because that Buffalo defense is so strong. And they haven't given up a TD to a tight end all season. I had to check that twice. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I'm right about that stat. You know, I'm not the stat guy, but that one feels about right. So they haven't given up a TD to a tight end. I'm going to pat myself on the back. And I don't think, you know, it's too many mouths of feet out there in both, in, uh, in Cincy. So I'm going to say Hayden Hurts is going to be the man left out.
0: Well, Christmas was last week, but Major Claus is checking his list twice each and every week to make sure you've got the best moves <laughs> for your lineups each and every week. Now, I do like to point out that Atlanta, Michael Pruitt, he's going to – Nicole Pruitt, whatever you want to call he's going to have some opportunities. Michael. But this offense, Desmond Ritter, he's got eyes for Drake London and Drake London alone. Last three games, London is averaging 10.7 targets, right. 6.7 receptions and 87 yards per game while accounting for 54% of a receiving yardage share. That's absolutely next-level stuff. But someone else has to catch something. Why not prove it? Now, for me, you talked about DK Metcalf. We know we talked about Tyler Lockett a little bit earlier. We talked about how tough that this matchup is for wide receivers to go against this Jets team. I mean, hey, I love this Jets secondary. I love good defensive back play. What that means, though, how about Noah Fant against this Jets team? The possible return of Lockett could complicate things here, but as tough as these DBs are for the Jets, they have allowed 283 yards and a couple scores, two tight ends over the last few weeks, which makes this a very interesting play because we know what this tight end position has been all season long. It has been an out basically it's been a wasteland of fantasy production you think you know what you're talking about but you don't it's, it's travis are. kelsey and then everybody else now tj Hawkins is creeping up mark andrews hasn't done nothing in three weeks i mean you cannot predict what's happening at the tight end position each and every week so we're kind of playing the predictive analysis game here when it comes to noah fat here i really like his opportunity here against the jets considering sauce gardner versus dk Metcalf. DJ Reed against Tyler Lockett. And I don't think there's really a Jets linebacker that's going to be able to match up with Noah Fatt, let alone a safety. Now, my sit of the week, You know, I'm a big TLC fan. I don't go chasing waterfalls. and I don't go chasing fantasy points. And I don't go chasing Tyler Higby after a big game, mostly because I am a bitter, petty individual that's not afraid to say it. And I went up against Tyler Higby last week in one of my analyst leagues, and he absolutely crushed me. (laughs) Now, I'm not one to hold grudges. Yes, I am. I will not chase the points. You cannot make me chase the points. And the Chargers, they have not allowed a touchdown to the tight end position in the last four weeks. And they've allowed just four all season long. So even though Higby had this big week last week, gives you all these fancy numbers that you could possibly dream of. It's just like, it's like window shopping. You see all this nice production sitting in the window. You just have to go in and get it. You just have to go in there and put it in your lineup. But guess what? As soon as it comes off that shelf, It loses its value. Tyler Higby's value is lost. Do not grab him off the shelf. Do not get caught window shopping there. Do not start Tyler Higby this week. With that being said, if you want more starts and sits type information there, you have to head to fantasypoints.com. And you know what? Get that subscription today because you're going to get 30% off by subscribing today. That's 30% off of next year. And that's the rest of this season for free included in all that. That's right. You get the usage report there from Scott Baird. You get the market report there from Joe Dolan and uh, Broly there and Wegman and all those guys. You get the stat pack there, courtesy of Graham Barfield, the starts and sits, the waiver advice for some of the greatest minds in the fantasy industry. And you get to see majors pretty face on the website. If you go to staff, so make sure to check all that out. And with that all being said, this is week number 17. We are wishing you nothing but the best. Go out there, win that money, bring home the gold, get that championship belt, that turnover chain, whatever it is that makes your league special. Then hit us up in the comments. Let us know that you won and we'll show you a little bit of love here on this show. Until then, we will see you next week because we're coming back in week number 18 because there are some crazy leagues out there that play 18 weeks for whatever reason that may be. So, hey... We got to give them a little bit of love. And if we don't talk about week 18, maybe we can give a little bit more of a DFS spin on things. Hey, Major, we can to talk about DFS a little bit more week number 18. Okay. Because just because <laughs> your season's over doesn't mean your fantasy season has to be over. Because we, over the Vipers, we have our playoff league coming up here. Number one of those one and done type leagues that you get to one last chance at fantasy glory. Make sure to take an opportunity to join us for that as well. Till then, see you next week.